Hey guys, welcome to episode 68 with Kristen Shawl. What a joy. What a delight to have Kristen Shawl on. I couldn't think she's more adorable, wonderful, funny, smart, feminist, interesting, creative, strange, and great. Uh, I may have repeated myself on some of those words. Listen, I'm playing it fast and loose with this intro per huge. I am so glad that she did it. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I think it was a ton of fun. Um, just wanted to fill you in on a couple of things. Number one, I'm pleased to report that my voice is somewhat back on track. Uh, still a little bit hoarse, guys. Still a little bit congested. That is the health and cold report from Janet Varney. Uh, moving on to perhaps more interesting and more important, uh, more valid things. Um, I'm going to be, uh, I was very excited and, and thrilled and surprised to receive a couple of offers to uh, participate in some shows, some American shows that shoot in Canada. I will be um, shooting a show in Vancouver. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say what it is. Uh, and I will be shooting a show in Toronto. Those things will be happening back to back. So I'm going to be out of town yet again for quite some time. So I, this was a a total shock to me. So I really had to scramble to record some extra episodes. I'm not really sure yet what I'm going to do with the intros. I'm going to think on that a little bit. I may pre-record some intros. That'll mean I'll miss a lot of shout outs because I will be uh, quite off in the timing. So bear with me if that's what I end up doing. Or I may just record some really crappy intros on my phone. Everybody loves a crappy intro. So for now, I just want to give some shout outs for this episode 68. um, Just focusing in on a couple of pieces that I received from people um, various ways. Hannah, I thank you for your email. Uh, Jamie, uh, Jenny S, Shannon, Joseph, Caroline, and Paul L. Thank you so much for your comments and notes on Facebook. Julie A, Scott, Todd, PJ on the Julie Jenkins Nerdist page. Um, I think that's about it for now. I cannot tell you how excited I am to get back to Vancouver. It's one of my favorite places on earth. I have not been there in several years maybe a little less than several, but, um, such an amazing, amazing place. And, um, I think I'm going to keep it short and sweet. This definitely shorter. I can't say whether or not it's sweet, but, um, look forward to hearing from you guys and, um, talk to you next time. Bye. Now entering nerdist.com. Podcast. 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 Is it podcasting? It's podcasting. Does it say that I'm on? It's a hundred percent podcasting. There's no question that you are on. Nice. I can't say you're on the air per se. You probably you know what a podcast is, right? Do we need to start from the very beginning? Because I'm not even sure I can explain the history of podcasting. I don't frankly I don't know it. What was the first podcast? I don't know. What was the first podcast? It must have been like, you know, like like Andrew Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it was name. named after Andrew Podcast. Yeah, it might be Andrew Von Podcast. <laughs> I, I would imagine that someone with money would be the first person to create this whole world that we live in here with podcasting now. Yeah, well, that is, that's how almost everything works. Pretty much, everyone knows that the Earl of Sandwich is the person who invented sandwiches. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think that was like? What if, if this was a Paul F. Tompkins podcast, I'd be like, what do you think that was like? And then we would cut to a, like a brilliant sketch about the Earl of Sandwich. Oh, really? Is that how it, I haven't listened to it. I think he does a lot of like, to be honest with you, I don't, I just don't, it's hard for me to listen to my friend's podcasts because I'm always afraid that like, I'm actually going to accidentally going to take an idea or I'm just going to feel like it's weird when you hear your friends talking, but you can't answer back. Right. Um, but, uh, but he does a lot of like, yeah, like produced, lovely, like thought out, basically the opposite of me and my lazy bullshit. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, I've never been invited to do his podcast, so mm. this one. I'm starting is, to feel I much like this better. One a yeah. better. Yeah. Is there anything <laughs> that you want to say to your mom right off the top, just in case she listens to this? Oh, right. Uh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's really well played. <laughs> Very well played. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little more about the brownie that you ate right before you got here. Oh, it's so good. It was like it had an Oreo like bottom and then car- caramel oh my. and then like a chocolate chip cookie kind of brownie. This is like and this three is layers. you were at a lunch. Don't tell me where you were. Okay. Did you get it where you had lunch? Yes. Based on what you just described, I am going to, this will not be fun for anyone who doesn't live in LA, but it is a fun game. I enjoy a game. Um, let's do like a 20 questions and see if I can get it within okay. 20 questions. Okay. Was it in the Valley? No. Was it on the East side? Yes. Was it a place with outdoor seating? Yes. Was it the alcove? Yes. Ah! Because their bakery is ridiculous. Oh, it was so good. I've only their stuff that this the treats that they have there. This is the first time I had a meal there. Oh, really? I've had a nice tea there, Um, but yeah, I met Kurt and we got I got a shrimp ginger shrimp salad. Yeah, they have nice salads and big, 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 big rolls, right with mushrooms, and then I and then I washed it down with a chai iced tea. Nice, so good. And then I just and then I ate this brownie. And then I came over here oh, in a really that good brownie. mood. That, I, <laughs> you should be after that meal that you just described. But really, the dessert case there is so extreme. Yeah. I mean, it's a double case. First of all, I don't want to imply that it's only one case. There's like all the cakes on one side. Yeah. And then all the oneers, like the cookies, the cookies, the frosted cookies, and the brownies, the muffins cupcakes. on the other. But they have cakes. Back when I made myself sick eating gluten but didn't realize that's what was making me sick I'm so years sorry. ago. You it's would just okay. be constantly sick. I would get really, like, I would get really bloated, and then and everyone loves to hear about health problems, but I would get, and then I started, like, actually having, like, vomit problems and, okay. like, diarrhea problems. Guys, don't ever say the D word on your podcast. Don't take, don't do what I do and diarrhea. just and say that. Well, you can because you're a guest, but oh. I feel that returning listeners who, they, they don't want to hear me say that. But yeah, I got, it would make wow. you really who, sick. What is your... Diarrhea haters. <laughs> I reach out to all the diarrhea haters <laughs> in the, the United States and beyond. A, you're so prim. Oh yeah, yeah. Those I'm. I really have a, a, a serious etiquette, and I never say things like that. But I did just say that word. I say stuff like that all the time. Um, but my friend and I would just go through and like. I want to say we did it probably more than once a week. We would sample all the different cakes. Like we just would go kind of in order and just order a slice and eat it. Not in one sitting, but, you know, like maybe twice a week. It would be like, which cake are we going to meet up and taste today? And uh, and the best one that we had was like a white cake with, I want to say it had like a fudge ribbon running through it, oh. plus whipped cream, plus bananas. So it was basically like an, like a, like an ice cream sundae, like a banana split without the ice cream, but with cake instead of ice cream. Wow. Oh, it was so good. That sounds really good. It Does, was too Do your good. listeners know about your house? 
Um, I think that I don't ever put pictures of my house up, but sometimes people comment on little bits and pieces of it. They'll like identify something in the house that they really like. And so that'll get mentioned. So I like to think that people have a weird patchwork quilt of ideas stitched together about what my house must be like. Yeah. I invite you to add to that quilt. It's just, it's very well done. Like it looks like we're on a set of Mad Men. Oh, thank you. Yeah, all your furniture has the vintage look, but but not beat up. Like it's new. Like right. I like mean, they it would is get old for the show. It's old, but it's all like well, refurbished. Looks new, uh, and it's like all your posters and colors and stuff. It does seem like like I would be nervous if I lived here if I like put some like a glass down next to like some of your well organized kitschy right you know ornaments because right. I can tell that you go in and it's. You take your time with it. You know what I mean? It's not just like, and that there. Like, it's very nice. It's all so nice here. Thank you so much. I I feel a little bit like I can never have a house this night. Like, I think I know a little bit how to make a house look nice. Then you go into Janet Varney's house and you're like, (laughs) Oh, no. No, I don't think I could do it. no. Every detail is is amazing in here. Kristen, thank you so much. You just go, I could tell that you buy something. Now I'm looking around like I've never seen it before. I'm looking around like it's my first time. Yeah, like you, you purchase an item and it's the perfect thing for your house and then you leave it set it down in just the right place and walk away forever. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> damn it. But the truth is that I, that first of all, I'm a slob. So I yeah, actually right. do. Kristen, don't make the me house out is all the No, the couch that you're even sitting behind, like I eat on that couch all the time. And I've just couch. gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't <laughs> the, care if I okay, get Okay, I just want to also this. tell the, okay, I don't, I'm sorry. I know this is your podcast, but you're a liar. The couch, <laughs> no, it's the not. The couch is white. It's cream and there are no stains. No. If you turn around, you'll see some places where I've gotten some beets oh, on it. There's like mustard there's like, all over it's it. It's barely there. There's a lot of mustard it's, on it. I have to take my <laughs> a lot. I have to take my clothes and these cushion covers to the dry cleaners regularly. And I think that well, the he fact, must think I live on mustard. The fact that you take your cushion covers to the dry cleaners yeah. tells a lot about you. Because I'm when <laughs> I made the decision to get like a camel color couch. I, was I like, know, oh, but boy. then you take it to the dry cleaners. I, I wouldn't even think I could do that. I, I would know. just like basically. I would throw a pillow over it and there's just, some like, of that going on shame. too i guarantee you Kristen has tried to snob me out she's trying to make me into a snob i'm not calling you a snob i'm calling you, you like i'm calling you an artist oh this is what an artist does this is what an oh. art decorator does is they set up they set it up the house and play this is what my aunt does she was a commercial art director and i love her house she just sets it up so well. Yeah. And it is a skill. It's something that you have to have. Well, I thank you. It is something that I do take. I guess I take it seriously in the sense that like I feel better about anything else in my life that's not going the way I want it to if I have like a nest where I feel right. safe and there's a lot of like comedic like humorous things that make me smile in here and just in general it's like you know, it's it, home is really, I guess, really important to me. Um, but well, I, you know, and I guess you I do like a that good job Francisco with it. Too. Thank you yeah. very much. You're welcome. Um, did you eat a lot of like when you were uh, a teenager? Were you did you have like a sweet tooth? Like, do you enjoy like a, a really delicious dessert now oh, on yeah. a regular basis? Or is it like once in a rare while you let yourself have something like that delicious brownie? When I was growing up or now? Or I answer, also, I asked you three questions at once. Uh, I love I love sweets. I actually used to eat sweets a lot. And then I got to this um, place. And then 
like I would eat all sweets, like Snicker bars and, you know, like all that shitty candy on top of like cakes and whatever I wanted always. I, I didn't crave it, but if it was there, I would definitely eat it. Yeah. And then. It's um, like, I don't even think we had time to crave it because it was always there. Yeah, it was always That's there. how it was for me anyway, yeah. And then I had uh, this, well, this is like a, some medical history, is I had this uh, fibroid, which is a, a tumor on your, or in or on your uterus. Which is pretty common. Pretty common. Right? Yeah. Uh, actually, um, it's more common in, in African-American women, which made me feel excited. Like, like I had some like, soul. Finally, I had something. Right. <laughs> because I think they're so awesome. I'm like, I'm down. I got this too, guys. The fibroid. You celebrated the fibroid it was it was on the outside of my uterus and it and it because i had because i mean like you know a gynecologist women's health care in this country all around the world is is not up to my standards yeah. uh, and it, anyways it it got out of hand it got unchecked so it grew to be two pounds I'm jumping right into this, but I thought I, I thought something was that I was just gaining weight and I didn't right. know what it was. So I was like, for the first time, I was like, because I kind of kept the same weight. I was like, I should go on a diet. So I went on the only diet I've ever been on and it was the South Beach diet. Uh-huh. So you cut out sugar. Yeah. And I would have dreams at night, vivid dreams of like eating a Butterfinger candy bar and then I would yeah. wake up and I'd think like, well, I guess I ruined the diet and I'm like, oh my God, that was just a dream. Because it was so incredibly so, vivid. And my brain was like trying, but after, I think I was able to do it for two weeks and I um, did not lose that fibroid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a surprising twist that the, the fibroid the, weight the fibroid didn't, didn't shed right off. Uh, probably even grew more, but I... Uh, I actually stopped craving shitty, uh, shitty junk food. Yeah. Like I, it didn't taste like the Snickers bar actually didn't taste good to me anymore. That's what happened to me too. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say I don't still have a sweet tooth because I do, but the things that used to satisfy that now, that just tastes like artificial and chemical. Yeah. 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 So it's good. I'm glad that happened. Yeah. I mean, sort of. Well, yeah. (laughs) So did you have to get it removed ultimately? I had to get surgery and is it more like so was on the outside C-section. is the difference between outside and inside is one more common than the other i'm not sure i mine was uh pretty uh except for the fact that it was so big it was um truncated. what does two pounds look like i mean so if you it think like, it like if you uh, a bag of powdered sugar okay and pick it up that's okay. a pound and just right. think how heavy that is and then put another one on top of that Oof. Um, but does yeah. that mean it was like, does it, is it the it was shape dense. of powdered sugar? No, no. It was I mean, a, in the shape of a bag of sugar? It was sugar. like a size of a grapefruit. So they really grow like round. I guess. Like spherically. I think so. I of, actually yeah. didn't really, re- uh, yeah, because they like that. Isn't it amazing that your body, I know you you know, your body did change to accommodate it, but it is amazing. And this is a kind of grim topic, but like it is amazing what, because you don't feel like there's that much mass is a, like a tall, slender girl. It doesn't seem like there's that much body mass that could accommodate something that size. Yeah, that would just be in there. Like it's just in there. Yeah, taking up space. Oh, I I wasn't accommodating it very well. Like yeah. it, I was having it was it was sticking out so much that I was, you know, I luckily I wear dresses that sort of drape over my beer belly so that was but i was starting to dress around it to yeah. try to hide it oh boy it was yeah it was and how nervous. and when did was it figured out and discovered that that's what it was um it was figured out 
since you didn't enjoy, since you don't enjoy the OBGYN of American medicine. Oh, she was terrible because she, when I went in, because I was like, something's wrong. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then she was like, she was like, I went in and in June um, of, it was, it was like four years ago. I went in and she said, oh, that's bad. Then she was like, first she made me take a pregnancy test. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I was like, I don't think that's possible. She's like, you never know. You know, like you've got this thing. And I was like, oh my God. So then Just I the, like failed things, the, the, all the checklists that they have to uh, check yeah. off like each yeah. thing. So not pregnant. So that was, I was just like, wow, here we go. Like it was a very awful visit. Then she, well, first when I walked in there, she said that I don't, um, she's dropping my, um, my health insurance, my insurance provider. So I was right. like, oh, well, something's wrong and you're my doctor and I, I'll pay for it. I just need to find out what's happening. Right. Like, I'm dropping you. You're out of here, but I'll look at this. <gasps> That's so Then shitty. she said, oh, you're pregnant. Oh, you're not pregnant. Then she said, I think you might have cancer. What? Then she sent me to the hospital to get an ultrasound and basically I could never come back to see her. So then the people at the ultrasound are these Russian women, and this is all in New York, and they were like, oh, my God. Like, everybody, everybody, it was, so I just walked out of there that day thinking for the first time really about, like, my mortality. It was a very awful feeling. Um, of and then, course. And then I, and then I, uh, and then finally I found this, actually, this is so, this is so boring. No, it's not boring, but this is the thing. Listen. This is a long this story. Is the st- yeah, but this is the kind of stuff that, I, that I'm so glad when people bring up because inevitably I'll get emails from a bunch of people who are like, I went through something like this. Thank right, you right, right. for like making me know that like I'm not crazy, that our oh, health great. system does suck and the whole oh, thing. So this sucks. isn't like, my podcast isn't like, I need you to be more funny now. Oh, no. Okay, cool. So yeah. let me, well, I'll, I'll wrap this up. So long story, or so what happened was since my healthcare, which was uh, Screen Actors Guild, was not, was dropped by her and then dropped by a bunch of the top of the people. Because I was like, I need a new gynecologist. I've got something, like I've got a tumor inside me. Oh, my God. And so I would call all these gynecologists in New York, and none of them took Screen Actors Guild. And it was just, I was told them the problem, they didn't care. I'm like, I think I might have cancer. And of you course, like, you, listen to me, I'm think? an entertainer. <laughs> Do you know how important that is? Well, I make people smile for a living. Right, right. Well, also, if you say, so like, like, I was told I might have cancer, and uh, can you take me? And they don't have your health insurance. They're going to be like, no. Yeah, never, No, never. you know, and so I ended up. Um, my aunt Holly uh, has had a gynecologist out here that she really liked in Glendale. She lives in Burbank. So I ended up getting an appointment and flying out here to get the surgery done. Uh, And she sat me down, um, Dr. Kornfeld, and just explained what what was happening to me like for the first time. It's a fibroid. It's not... It's here's what happens. But your uterus. Well, how much time passed between when awful woman said, "By the way, I think you yeah. have cancer." We, and Doctor Cornfield. A few weeks. Oh, that's and the whole so thing, scary. The whole thing, I know the whole thing could have been so much easier to to go through. Yeah. If it, so I was like, oh, you know, it's a fibroid. Um, I just didn't know. So she said it's a fibroid, oh. and here's your deal, and and um, I can get you into surgery, and and I went into surgery, and. She took it out, and then I got to see it, and it was so you big. You did get to see it. I didn't it. get to see it. I got to see a picture of it, but it was this big. She put, like, a scalpel, a scalpel beside it, and yeah. it was the length of a scalpel. Oh, my. And I had, like, she stapled me up. So I basically had a C-section. All, all around, it's like, man, I think my uterus was, like, ready to make a 
a baby, which is what it's there for. And I wasn't right. letting it. Right. So it's like, I'll make something, goddammit. Right. <laughs> but it was on the outside. Which, which was actually really nice because I think I'm being on the outside, if I ever do have children, it's a little bit. Right. It was she like didn't less have to invasive. Cut it. Although I think if it's on the inside, they can actually go through your vagina and cut it out instead of cutting you wide open, oh. which is what happened to me. Um, so that is why I I ate the brownie. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is how this story started. Mm-hmm. That is marvelous. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I tend to do on the podcast, which is at some point I like to find out a little bit more about where you grew up, specifically where you spent your adolescence. Um, so where was that? Where were you? Were you were we born and raised? And and were, did you move, or were you always in the same place? I was born and raised in Longmont, Colorado. Okay, which is a suburb of nothing. It's like basically I always say it's 15 minutes. Uh, away from Boulder, okay, which is where you you CU is University of Colorado, and that's where I grew up. It's interesting. My I I I have had I think maybe zero Coloradans on the podcast until the last one I just recorded was this uh, lovely girl named Jolie Jenkins, and she's from Boulder. Oh, cool. So I, I, the last two recordings now I have back to back Colorado. All right, which is kind of interesting. Um, and so you went to school? Did you go to, to high school there in what did you say? Long Longmont. 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 Like long, a long mountain. Like a Longmont. Okay. Longmont. And so if, if it was 15 minutes away from Boulder, was it very mountainous? Like were you still like right kind of in the yeah, it was gorgeous because the long mountains. Yeah, the long mountains were basically spread out before you on the horizon. Gorgeous. So it's just like flat, like you know, farmland, and then boom, beautiful yeah. Pikes Peak. Watch and, out, wham! Yeah, the flat irons, which is which is basically the backdrop for Boulder, and yeah, and it was just like as far as I can see, left and right, all mountains. Love it. Yeah, love it. And did two questions? I guess this is a short question. A short, short question, short answer. Do you ski? No. Because I don't either. And I'm from Arizona, so people don't expect me to ski. But do right. people expect you to yes. ski? Yeah. They do. And I did, when I was little, t- I took several, a couple of few ski lessons. And I just never enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy um, the feeling of of just careening down a mountain to me. Because I'm not very coordinated. So never, I never felt safe. I never felt the freedom. It always right. just felt dangerous. And I would just like wedge just down the mountain. Just try to get down the mountain was like my only goal. Right. Which is like not. <laughs> it's not why you do it. Good for you for understanding that like it, that wasn't a, that wasn't your thing. Like no. it doesn't matter where I live or how convenient it is for me no. to do this. It's okay if I'm not into this. And it's also it's like you have to get uh, ski boots that um click into the skis right or even click into your snowboard and they're very hard to walk in yeah it's like ugh, it doesn't make any sense and you have to rent you have to get like a whole outfit it's like a real production right right uh to do it and, <laughs> yeah that wasn't for you no okay and then my other question is and this is a little bit more specific and strange and it says a little bit more about me than about you that i'm asking it but i grew up in tucson which is also very it's a valley in the middle of like mountains in every direction it's it's sprawling so the mountains aren't up close the way they are in Colorado but I feel like what I've realized about myself ever since living there was no matter where else I've lived be it Flagstaff which is 
exactly like Boulder or Longmont. It's just like oh, the yeah. same climate, the same altitude, the same mountain ranges, like mountains just to the north, right? We have mountains just to the north. Uh, they really would matter. be west. Great. Okay, so different, but similar. <laughs> and um, and then when I moved to San Francisco, I think that the mountains were just replaced by buildings for me. And so my question is, how do you feel about flat open spaces? Like, how do you feel about just being out in the ocean, like on a cruise or being on an island where everything's flat or being in central part of America where everything's flat and there are mountains? Do you like that or do you feel like, um, where I are li- the mountains? Yeah, it it is disorienting for knowing. Uh, I, n- I never know what direction is what now. Like living in Colorado, I always knew west and I eventually learned north. But it's still touch and go. Right. My dad hates that. My dad's always, and he like, it's like, I never learned it. I'm terrible. But, but he still gives directions that way. He's like, right. well, you're going to go east, right? I'm like, what? Especially if I, if I don't know where the mountains are. But uh, yeah, wide open spaces, I'm cool with. Yeah. I like them. What I don't like, especially after living in New York and seeing how good, good use of of spaces there and the economy of spaces i don't like driving around long colorado and seeing these long flat malls that Mm -hmm. just take up acres yeah and it's just like why would you do that like i understand you want to sell this retail but you just took up so much land like build up just build up yeah you know, I, I know maybe it's not good to your aesthetic or whatever, but but I just think it's healthier than than the long. Yeah, like you, I went, I drove by a mall that was so long, like it, like I could like have taken a nap before we would have been <laughs> to the end of it. But think of all the great stores inside, <laughs> I know, selling all the Abercrombie and Fitches. <laughs> Hopefully, there's more than one right. just in one mall. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. Did you go? I mean, when you were growing up, did you? do the sort of typical stuff like that. I obviously weren't out skiing. Was it was, did you sort of do the like, and now we're just going to go to the mall, not to do anything, but just to be there. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I was at the mall all the time. Yeah. The twin peaks mall. Oh, and I like to ascribe the values of the show twin peaks to the twin peaks. Oh, do so. So there was a creepy log store. (laughs) <laughs> there was a store that only sold red velvet drapes. There was a button run by a dancing midget. Yeah. There was a place that served pie and black coffee. And a dead girl. There was every a dead girl. day. Same girl. So it wasn't the dead girl store. It was just there was always a dead girl wrapped <laughs> yeah. in plastic. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it had an orange Julius. Yeah. My, and it had an arcade. And it had a. How about a hot Sam pretzels? Uh, it probably did. I, I just remember a Euro restaurant which was strange for Longmont but so good yeah um are there is it a, a an ethically an ethic I almost said ethically an ethically diverse were there psychopaths and nice people yes always good and were there uh ethnically diverse groups as well in Colorado because I that I don't know if I know uh yeah there was a lot of um of Mexicans Mexican Americans um and Mexicans mm-hmm. and I would say it felt to me like it was almost half and half, at least at, at least at my high school and stuff. But I could be wrong. Um, but that's what it felt like. And then that there that was it, like the major thing. I remember there was like one um, like black kid that came to my high school and he was like adopted. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never and Jewish people. I did not know a Jewish person until I left Colorado. Interesting. Yeah. 
That is interesting because Colorado, I don't think of as being like a place where Jews wouldn't be. Maybe it was just like a maybe like just in my high community, school or maybe the kids were going to private schools or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it was. I was excited. It was so exciting because well, now I'm like I can't. They're all everywhere. <laughs> 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 they're all my friends now. It's yeah. like like weird if I meet someone who isn't Jewish. Agreed. Agreed. But there. But in Colorado, I never met one. So I was like, never went to a bar mitzvah. Yeah. You know really missing out these guys who listen to the podcast know i did do my share of bar and bat mitzvahs and i wanted to be jewish so i would like try yeah. to learn i wanted to be able to chant along with because all my friends were jewish and everybody knew what was going on except me and i, I wanted to feel like i knew what was going but on but you so got invited at least prayers and stuff i did yeah that's pretty cool um thanks <laughs> i have a real cachet for having being for being a shiksa who went to all those a shiksa. Mitzvahs, when, yeah. I, when i went to northwestern someone called me a, a goya mm-hmm. is that a word yeah something I, like that because there's goy and then maybe i couldn't sound less jewish right now but yeah i know yeah me neither like it's, a gentile you're like a gentile. disappointing yeah. yeah someone called you that and you what I, well, I was like, oh, huh? You know, <laughs> I knew it might not be good, but it not, might not be bad. I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It, I don't know that it means one thing or another. It just depends on what the person intends. Yeah. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? I have an older brother. Okay. And so did your parents stay together? Yep. They're still together. That's fantastic. Are yours still okay. together? No. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. They split up when I was really young, like four or five. Oh, wow. They were so never meant to be together. Yeah, I didn't have like, oh, I don't have a lot, like really any memories of them together or anything. And was your brother, how much older your brother uh, is your brother? Is he? He's like three and a half years older. Was he, were you like annoying to him when yep. he was growing? Yeah. So you weren't like best no. buds. Oh, no. He, Did you have crushes on his friends? Um. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, sort of. He, he did have a band and I did feel a little bit like Don Wiener from... Um, welcome, welcome to the, the dollhouse because they'd practice in a garage and I would just hear the hear the song and I would sing along with it it was a weird song it was like um, it went this is my doggy ray doggy ray I don't even know what that means look at him come out and play oh this is like a, do, a do, super do, cool do, song do, do, about do. a dog I guess so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rest, but like, mm, the, oh, they're playing the Doggy Race song. And oh. I was just always excited yeah. when the band would play. Were you, so was your brother like cool? He was like cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, he was cool. Did you, and you guys obviously went to the same high school. Yeah, but he would have been, he was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay. And he, and instead of like introducing me to his friends, he told me to stay away from his friends. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, what, and then, so what were you like? Were you cool also? Were you, what kind um, of people did you hang out with? Well, I was what you would call a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was okay. I definitely, um, I try to think of, and I, this is just the way I might just want to remember my high school, but I kind of feel like like um, the cliques were, were pretty peaceful, you know, like... I, I think- <laughs> Opposed to like violent rivalries. Yeah, like uh, like a bop got her head cut off yesterday, yeah. you guys. Well, because you know, like all the bullying and yeah. people went like, "Were you bullied?" Like junior high, I I was definitely bullied and and scared all the time you about were getting by beat whom? up. Oh, like um, these girls, these like older girls who were uh, kind of like to me, they were like like. 
like terrible uh not popular but also like like they'll beat up anyone who comes in front of them kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i was just so easy to pick on Mm -hmm. and i and and i but they didn't um they were just just let let it know let it be known that they would like kick my ass but never did right but i was always just like in fear of it it was and then there was like some guys in my english class that would make fun of me yeah, um, some especially in junior high, I remember boys were just mean. Yeah. Like I got picked on a lot by boys and I to this day don't know if part of it was just like they liked me or if part of it was that they were just so confused and weirded out from like that seems like it's the age where like you don't you kind of want to go out with girls but you're still young and you're still shorter than them or whatever and like yeah. I just had so many people give me like a lot of crap to like where my heart just would hurt during the day because someone would just say something mean to me oh yeah for no for apparently no reason some boy and i would just be like can i go home now like how much longer at school do i have to stay before like with this crushed feeling in my stomach yeah like oh boy it is that's it was i i remember vividly the moment where and i don't know if it was at some point if it happened in high school i think it was in high school where all of a sudden like shouting a name at someone and just like putting someone down was just something that wasn't done anymore. And I was like, Oh, that's not done anymore. (laughs) And I was like so happy. And it was like, if you do that now, like that you're the bad person. Like, it's not like the, the, yeah, you like, you can't do like the protection of that was really exciting. Um, but you had, you had to like graduate to it. Right. Yeah, and I then think, in high school, so you were like, you said that you were a social butterfly. Well, yeah, so in high school. around from uh, group to just, group. From well, peaceful group to peaceful group. Peaceful group, they all wanted a piece of the, no, nobody. But I, I was uh, in forensics, which was speech and debate. And I was in um, theater. I did lots of, all the plays I could. I did an after school um, program that did even more theater outreach stuff. And then I did uh, like art. I was in the art club. You know, I I was in every club that didn't involve sports. Um, and I hung out with the band, even though I couldn't play an instrument. I, I would just sit with the band during football games because I thought oh. they were cool. Um, were they cool? Was the band cool in, in I, your school? Yeah, they were cool. Yeah. They're cool kids. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, people joke about like the band camp thing and the sort of like, some people say that like school bands are uh, have nerds in them, but I, I kind of, I, I don't have really a strong sense of any of the stuff that was going on like at a game, including the band, but I, I don't remember ever thinking that the people in band were nerdy. Yeah, me neither. I thought they were really funny and I was in awe that they could play an instrument. Yeah. And I, I loved them. And I, and I, but I do remember there was a popular group. And um, I remember us like being like, ugh, the popular group, you know, and like not like, and just being like, ugh, because, you know, but I don't remember the popular group even knowing that we were alive, which is probably what, what made us mad. Right, right. <laughs> but they never like picked on us or anything like they were perfectly polite all the time yeah they were just very good looking that's all i remember they were like all good looking and they were all friends right they all kind of lived in the same neighborhood and uh they were all pretty decent people that's right (laughs) but not maybe but they just weren't they weren't our friends and we were we were pretty good looking but you know (laughs) i think but we had we you know we had a ways to go 
What um what did you what was your style like when you were in high school? What were you into oh, aside man. from doing theater and stuff? I cleaned out my my closet. I had to go back to Colorado because my mom's like, you have to clean out your closet from my childhood closet. And I found my favorite shirt. Ooh. This was this was a common outfit. It said visualize world peas. Oh my god. Thought it was the funniest. So it was peas, P E A S. Yeah. Was world. there also like a W H I R L E D? Visualize world. Oh, it was peas. a super pun. Oh, it was a super pun. I thought it was the best shirt ever made. Yeah. I wore it uh, to to threads and I wore it with um plaid pants. And a red cardigan, and I had my hair was long, and I always put it in a braid. And it's I w- shockingly easy for me to imagine this. Did yeah. you wear like um, not like full boot Doc Martens, but like just Doc Martens, like I, the like regular? I had Mary Oxford Jane Doc, Doc Martens. There you go, burgundy Mary I'm Jane Doc Martens. Seeing them with yeah. the plaid pants, like <laughs> yes, and the yes. red cardigan. It is in the braid. It's so easy to picture. Yeah, that was Love my it. outfit, and oh. I I wore it all almost like a uniform. Yeah. And I loved uh, Skink and Pickle, the band. Oh, it was, I don't know who that it's is. It's a ska band. Okay, all right. Um, I was into I ska. I should have known from the plaid pants. I should have oh, known. Oh, it's from okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was. A, I wanted to be like a rude girl, yeah. which was they would wear uh, lots of like checkers and, you know, big pearl necklaces. And um, I didn't own those things, but I wanted to. <laughs> Um, Which actually would have been easy for you to obtain those things, but for some reason you never crossed over. No, never got it. Because I doubt they're real pearls. Oh yeah, they're big they're real pearls. Bobbles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A rude girl. Where did that term come from originally? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But they. But then like, it was skank. like Andrew podcast. It was like J- Jonathan yeah. Rude girl. Jonathan Rude yeah. was a famous uh, Scott fan. <laughs> she went to all the shows. Skank and pickle. What is it? I, who else all i could think of is cakey pickle but there was so so many of them i think i interrupted you too when you're saying something else about girls and or like another girl band or something i don't know when i got oh no that but i would yeah i that that was a that was my that was my jam that um, was what i would look like pretty much did you go to live shows all the time yeah well i yeah we in longmont there was a big at least among my my band friends and stuff was like garage bands and they were all, you know, playing like garage punk. Uh, and there was shows all the time. So I went to every single one of them. And then I started dating someone who was a drummer for one of the bands. Um, Facet, the band Facet. Oh, that's a good, like pompous name for a band. <laughs> that's a great pompous one word band name. Facet. Facet. Yeah. It. Yeah. So I went to almost all of their shows. And it's so funny. I went to all their shows. I went to lots of, I saw The Cure. I was really into The Cure. Mm-hmm. Really into Tori Amos, still am. Ani DeFranco I was in a, you know, was on my, uh, I would listen to all those a lot. And um, and I went to shows like, you know, Lollapalooza and all that stuff to the point where, I got into my like mid to late 20s and like going to concerts now, especially now, no thank you. I know. Me it's too. just no thank you. I did I it know. so hard. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I did too. God, I mean, I could go to like 
three back to back like three nights Couldn't in a row enough. you know what i mean just yeah. like tonight we're seeing this tomorrow this next day this yeah never gonna get tired like my back's never gonna go out on me <laughs> it just was and it was and i'm glad i mean that's i feel that way about a lot of stuff right is yeah. like i'm kind of glad i did it really young yeah because that's sort of when i could take it like when my body and my brain could take all the stuff i put it through yeah so that i feel like i had the experience now having said that girls you know i like to say do not feel the need to go out and live that hard Oh, um, oh well we're just saying concerts what are you saying to these, these girls know. these guys know i did i did my share of drugs too which was like what kinds of drugs mostly lsd in high school yeah. wow yeah. that's but intense. I think it totally fucked good me up. for you no it totally oh. fucked me up and i wouldn't recommend it to anybody but i did it and i can't take that back no you, and i wouldn't change it why, you have flashbacks man, or no although that'd be really funny <laughs> so what if i flash back into like eating a butterfinger oh my god i had the most <laughs> intense lsd flashback that i was eating a butterfinger oh, I've had one too. it's funny because when you said that i i i i can definitely remember what a butterfinger tastes like very very specifically i definitely couldn't tell you the last time i had one like mm, 10 years maybe whoa it's been a long really? time since i had a, like oh, a piece man, of candy like should, that oh can you not have it but it's so i don't what Butterfinger has in it but I but I do know that when I think about it now I can kind of do I can imagine it but I have to say I already can imagine that plasticky milk chocolate taste like uh, it's not I'm not imagining it the way it tasted good to me now I'm yeah. unfortunately even imagining it I imagine it as the it's thing so that gross. I don't like I did have a little fun size one a couple fun size ones the other day in the sound booth and, mm-hmm. and it's good it's still you know good. what probably would make it taste better is if they were a little melted because then the plasticky part, taste of the milk chocolate wouldn't be as obvious. But there's not to me. a lot of chocolate on it. It's yeah, mostly that's true. that. It's just that orange stuff. Orange stuff. What is that orange stuff supposed to be and taste like? Little butterfingers. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, it's like the uh, butterfinger is a real thing. Like yeah. it's mimicking the natural it's from the butter of people. The butterfinger tree. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. it's kind of like. I th- I want to say it's a little bit like a toffee or a butterscotch. So it's like a but okay, like a it's like a flaky butterscotch kind of. Yeah. Okay. I want to go back. Not that I don't want to keep talking about butterfingers, but I want to go back to you dating someone in a band. Yeah. And ask you, did you feel like was there a concern about like the guy in the band? Like, no. no I mean, g- girlfriends I've had in my twenties who were actually girlfriends of band members who traveled. We're like, oh my god, I'm so worried all the time that my boyfriend's gonna cheat on me. But does that translate to like a high school, like you know, a band where they have gigs and stuff? Where you were at most of the shows, did you ever have this worry of like, oh my god, my boyfriend's like on stage in the sexy band? Like, I hope I can hold on to him. <laughs> Never. <laughs> thought of that band is particularly uh, sexy okay um but no we, <laughs> we he was a really good guy and we had a good relationship i actually i really liked that 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 was a relationship it was my first boyfriend and i'm i was very um very fortunate that that, that it was with him because he was really good to me until until it was over I don't and know. Then, oh, well. Well, you know, yeah, I was like, oh, it's never you're, not, fun you're not into to break this. Up, right. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. But you used to be. All right. All right. Okay, we're done. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a moment that we've all been through. Yeah. That's how they yeah. end. Yeah. That's how they end. But uh, you strike me as someone, and this is based on nothing, but I guess I always, 
I guess I would imagine you picking like like good guys. Like I don't imagine you like going out with like jerks. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. I You didn't have like the bad boy. No, I had one. I had um I didn't have very many boyfriends, uh to be honest. Like I would say maybe like maybe definitely 3 that I would consider like what that they would consider <laughs> yeah, that's a good distinction yeah <laughs> and then to the just a, a few in between um that that were murky and weird and just sort of almost a little bit out of desperation and loneliness for sure on on both ends i would assume um and only out of even out of that those couple um, one only one was legitimately like I was disappointed in myself for yeah for going down that road and it wasn't even that bad it was just like I've been had such a good record with such great guys and this one yeah. guy was just kind of like kind of super lame and it did not last long but also also he dumped me and that's the other part of my history with guys is I have never been one to do the dumping like I've I've always been the dumped but but you know, there's something nice about that too. Right. I feel like I feel like if I had to dump someone, I would always be second guessing myself about it. Yeah, at least out of all the relationships that I had, like was that a bad idea? Or, unless there's something major that happens, like right. a big cheating on thing. Right. And is so with the dumping being the dumpy, I guess. Um, it's such a, ter- a terrible word for just someone deciding that like you aren't going to be together anymore. It doesn't have to be as dumping makes it sound like they just unceremoniously are like, see ya. Yeah, bye-bye. but it's, but w- that feeling of God, I mean, it's something again, it's not specific to, and I've ever, I've tons of male listeners as well as female. It's probably about 50, 50% of, uh, gender wise, but that feeling, I don't know why I'm like, clinging to this right now as a concept but maybe it's because i like probably watched a movie lately where someone like got their heart broken or whatever but that feeling of no like feeling that someone's drifting or that you're losing someone is never easy at any age but like in high school too it just so everything's so like hard and great and passionate and scary and sad and everything's so up and down and like how how would you would you sense that that was coming? Would you like sense it was coming and sort of try to do stuff to like keep it from happening, or were you surprised if it happened, or was it just a mixture of like with those three guys, for example? Oh, they weren't in high school though. Oh, okay, okay. The yeah, the first boyfriend I didn't get till like a couple months before I graduated high school. Okay, so that was a band. I was a that constantly. I was an unrequited crush okay. through okay. high school. I totally misunderstood. Oh yeah, no, I'm talking about my whole life. Oh, that's how Christian pathetic. Show. Yeah, no, I'm talking about since I got married I gotcha. last in September. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's how many boyfriends I've you had. Got, so okay. I've I've been more alone, more alone than with someone, which is also kind of great in a it's sense. It's wonderful. That, yeah, the way that you kind of developed I've, your I persona. I wouldn't change it for the yeah, world. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's how, I mean, I felt even, I don't know how much I've said about this. I don't know that I have said that much about it with with the listeners of the podcast, but I had really been in relationships for like all of my 20s and, and until I, you know, until my relationship with Chris ended. And I did have that feeling of like, it, it, looking back on my life, it wasn't like I had made the conscious choice to always be 
be in a relationship and my relationships were long term. So it's not like I was like in a six month relationship followed back to back with an eight month relationship. It was like years and years, like three years with someone, then five years with one, then seven years with someone. But when you do the math on that, you're like, oh my gosh, that's like me not being, you know, me not being single, which is such a weird way to define yourself anyway, because that suggests that like you're defining yourself based on the fact that you should be in a relationship and aren't like somehow that's sort of how I think of single in some way. Yeah. Like single means like available or like you're waiting for that next relationship opposed to like, you're just being you because you don't need to be in a pair with someone all the time. But I just wasn't for such a long time. And I think I didn't know how to do that. And my biggest fear now is that I love being alone so much that I'm never going to let anyone else in like to that degree that I'm just going to be like, this is great, but I never want to live with anyone oh, again. No, but maybe you... I'll feel that way. Well, you know what? For for me, yeah, that was the thing. Like, I wanted to make sure that whoever I was with was a good guy. And usually the fact that they wanted to be with me, I luckily w- meant they were a pretty good guy. Because yeah. I don't I, bit of a weird package i mean like i'm just not like a you know like they saw something in me i think past like oh she's like a hot barbie right like she's like a quirky stand-up and i'm like really into this is is takes a different kind of guy yeah and it was luckily a pretty awesome guy a a couple the couple times that it happened yeah but it was um but yeah, it was. It and wasn't. This is the relationships. How about how long were oh, like so short? Really, even the girl, the boyfriend ones, the like three yeah. official boyfriend. Oh ones? yeah, yeah, very short. Except for my husband. It was what the does short mean? One. Like a few well, months. Well, two really years crying. for the first one. Okay, that's not so. I short. would say that's nine months. months for the second yeah. one. Um, yeah. And do the and so let's go back to what I asked about the feeling of like, do you start to feel the drift and? I'm just saying this because I know we've all gone through it and it's sometimes it's nice to hear someone that these guys think, you know, obviously they're listening to this because they think you're marvelous. So it's nice to hear somebody who's gone through it. That's right. It's it's nice to hear someone who's gone through it say, you know, listen, this is like, this is what, yeah, it's it's really hard. There's a a song by The National that I love that um, is, I can't remember what it's called, but I do love it. Uh, but it's about how he's like, you know, don't tell me that I've changed. You're just raising your standards. I'm the same, but you've decided that you need something different. And that it's a song about that feeling of like, I feel that he says, you know, you're measuring me lately and I can tell I'm losing weight. Like this idea of, you know, watching somebody kind of pull away from you and not wanting that to happen and not knowing how to like hold on to it or just release it and be okay with it and where your pride comes in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, that song's really good. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. And then, because the thing is, is that I got my husband, and before that, it let her, I, it was around 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> being by myself. Yeah. Um, but I would say that when I got dumped, it was like, the thing is, both times, the, the two bigger relationships I was in, what happened was it was I moved to another city, both times. I moved to Chicago. And so that had to end because the long distance didn't work. And then the second time I moved to 
New York from Chicago. So that had to end. And I think it was the feeling end of like, I would have kept it going because I was fine knowing that someone far away was loving me and I was loving them. And I like that was enough to sustain me, but it was never enough for them. And I don't, I think in general it's, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it's easier for women to do a long distance relationship because, um, but I feel like men need need the the companionship a little bit more in a relationship. Like they need to be reminded that like they're there because they will find it. <laughs> but that's what, yeah. so, so long distance is just a whole nother bag. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Bringing that into it is, is a whole other. So that, so I didn't, I couldn't say like that my relationships ended with, with anything other than, um, we live in a different city now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And so I could, I. And but they, you made the choice to move. Oh yeah. I, so oh yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately, like you, although you obviously were willing to stay in the relationship and wanted that relationship to continue, it wasn't such a priority for you, the relationship Never. itself, that you were like, I oh. guess I won't move. You know, I got to stay with this person so I can stay in the relationship. No, I would never do that until this. If this husband I've got moved, then I might move. But that's, that's Well, that it. seems like a good... Uh, <laughs> when you've made the lifelong commitment to be with someone, it seems like maybe it's not a bad idea to, uh, to do that. Um, I have a couple of things. We, there's a couple of games I like to play at the end, which we'll get into. Um, I want to acknowledge really quickly, David P., um, I know that uh, I said I wanted to talk about some of the stuff that you brought up, and I do want to do that. I'm not going to do it with Kristen because we ended up talking so much about other stuff. Um, well, you're really getting into business business. I know. I just got into business That's mode. because I didn't have a good, I didn't have anything good about about being dumb. No, I just looked at how, how long we've been talking and I thought, I could talk oh about my God. crushes. Well, I've this had is, what, lots this of is those. why. This is why. Because when I was talking to you about that, all of a sudden I had this like ding ding moment where I was asking you about your experience with heartbreak because I knew that it would make, you know, that it just makes people feel better to feel like yeah. they're not alone in that. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, that's right. I started, um, I was getting these wonderful emails from listeners who were kind of asking my opinion on stuff. And so I just barely like one to two episodes ago started this little section of the podcast called Junior Varsity. And it's where a guest gets asked a piece of advice oh, cool. from a reader and so, or from a listener. And so I wanted to, um, I wanted to just quickly, um, bring this, this up and, uh, and if this, if you're uncomfortable with this, then, you know, we can totally move on. I can even potentially edit this out, but, um, I wanted to, this is like very, this is very specific and it's actually about rape. Okay. I know that's kind of grim. So let me just really, but I just want to quickly let's look. Let's get into this. Let's get into um, this. I just want to, I just want to look. Um, Okay, I'm just going to read this and you can and we can see what we think about this. Recently, in one of my college courses, we were discussing rape. A girl, a girl made a bold claim that if a girl drinks and gets raped, it is essentially her fault. Also, she stated that the majority of rape claims are false. No one decided to challenge her assertions, so I did, which is extremely rare for me. I presented her with national reports that disproved her thoughts and factually supported all my claims that countered hers. She replied that I was naive to believe the two national crime databases in which statistics are based, which I found partially true because I do believe there are studies that can support anything. Thus, I went into deep research, so she found 
found a bunch of, I'm just fast forwarding a little bit, um, but she found a bunch of statistics and um, this girl that, that, that this, this listener that we'll call um, initial L, we'll call initial L, L um, saying uh, that this girl in her class claimed that if a man is drunk and rapes a drunk woman, it's not his fault. Mm. And, uh, and she said throughout her response, uh, throughout my response to her, I apologize if I came off as attacking or putting words in her mouth. I used a very neutral tone. Um, I am far less concerned about being right than I am that she represents everyone that still has a belief that rape is the man or one's fault. She will be in the jury or part of the public response that every rape victim fears. She's clearly passionate about believing it's a woman's fault in rape, which leads me to believe someone she knows was accused of rape falsely or accurately. And she is in denial or she's the product of her religion experiences or upbringing that has given her this belief. My question is when someone is so passionately in disbelief about something that is actually wrong, how does anyone get through to them? If facts will not work, if the answer is, to leave it alone how does change occur this can be for any situation not specifically rape but anything from racism to homophobia that's, an, that's I have a great awesome question. listeners yeah that's i just have question. awesome thoughtful listeners who are like educating oh, themselves who are chills. trying to better the world <laughs> so smart so yeah so so uh, so just obviously to recap you know she got into this altercation with someone who was saying things that you know well, she felt all, were i can't believe the teacher did not didn't I know. say what she was saying i know where was she i guess just this teacher was just letting Ugh. the students have a dialogue i mean just to break this is it good down. for someone who was in debate by the way you were in forensics well, I, yeah but i did a humorous interpretation <laughs> yeah i read well, what's your humorous interpretation no, no no that'll be Very i need eight kidding. minutes yeah um <laughs> but that okay that belief of this is what's really scary is that when i was in london a few years ago there was some cases that crept up for the first time where it was making the news because a cab driver um, had sexually assaulted his hundredth victim hmm. and they were just taking him and letting him go and it just wasn't serious and then it, and some the newspaper uncovered it like why are you you know and there was a and also and I don't know if this is still true but at that time this was probably six or six years ago um, they were also uh, throwing out cases if the woman was drunk, which is unbelievable to yeah. me. Um, it is not that. Yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable to me. It's so shocking. I like have but no I think words. That's, that's such a good point of hers is that like she was more less inclined to just be, you know, force the opinion of being right on her and more concerned about yes. like is this still a pervasive opinion and this is somebody a young person in a college yes. class how is this you know still a conversation really even and what do you do when somebody is obviously not thinking forward and moving progress forward in terms of like you know protecting victims or you know yeah. gender equality or whatever you you know whatever the issue is homophobia to her point and and i think you do ex exactly what she did is is go is you know discuss talk back about it and like she said she used a neutral tone she didn't accuse her which is exactly what you need to do it needs to be an open dialogue and it is hard when someone is so firmly in one belief to right. to win them back over but I think it's just like slowly over time, the more they hear that, the more they're hearing that side of it, um, the, the more it'll creep in. You know, if you're always hearing, you know, that, you know, all this victim blaming right. Right. going on, but then you hear some like real facts. It is really scary. The, I, I also feel like, and, and this is going to be really controversial, but 
I think it's so hard and there's just, it's really like, um, there's nothing to gain for, you know, going to the cops and, and saying you've been raped, you know, like there's nothing for the victim to gain. Like if you, there's that one case with the Duke, everyone's going to bring up the lacrosse, Duke lacrosse team, which is so unfortunate right. where she was lying. Right. And that is, but it's not the majority. Right. So it's like there's yeah there is a couple crazy people here and there sure but the but the majority of women that have been raped have been raped and and it's so hard that they don't have the support system they need to be backed up right um it's really gross too I just saw this online is that the Steubenville um victim the Steubenville rapists are getting possibly less time in jail than the anonymous hacker. Did you read that? Oh no. Can you I believe it? I mean it's very com- like very complicated, but <sighs> right. But it's it's just an uphill battle in general and and um if anything we need to definitely protect we just need to protect the victims and we need to just let women know just keep talking about it. It's not their fault. Right. I think that's a really good point and I think also, you know, in keeping with that and sort of I think what uh Elle is saying is I mean, it never hurts to put a human face on it. Like if this girl has someone in her life that has faced something that kind of puts her in the camp of it wasn't his or her fault, it wasn't rape or whatever, um, that it can really help to have people not have that stigma attached and not be afraid to step forward and say, this thing happened to me and look at me, I'm not a... Like I'm not a weirdo and I'm not and I'm not manipulative and I'm just somebody who's I'm in fact I'm extremely uncomfortable admitting that this happened because there is such a stigma attached but it did and I would rather say that and acknowledge it so that other people feel encouraged to come forward or to just get to a place where there's a general understanding that like this is a real thing and there's no room to go eh maybe you know. Yeah, and the other thing too is it just reinforces behavior if you don't, the the person who rapes and gets away with it and doesn't, there's no repercussions, it's just like, you know, statistically, he's going to rape again. Right. Like, that's why it's just so important to like, try to stop it in any way you can and just be, just be supportive of anyone who says, who says they were raped. I mean, that woman in that class sounds like she's living in a world where rape isn't real. Right. And it's very scary. Like I, I've just, I would be nervous for her. And also that whole thing about if a a woman is drunk, she is still a victim. Right. Like, yes, you, yes, of course you always need to be careful, but it, but you shouldn't, it's not, it's not your fault if you're raped for any reason. Yeah. Well, and I also don't think that like, that same, I mean, I guess you might, but in that same context, if a woman was drunk and she was murdered, would that be her fault? Right. Like, what crime is right. okay? Like, right. at what point does the crime stop being your fault? Exactly. Do you have to be dead? Exactly. Is that when it's not your okay, fault anymore? Now, well, that was too far. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a that's a that's, that's a, really a good, good that's point. a good way to put it. Actually, I don't think people really think about about yeah. that. And and that's another thing that's scary is that rape isn't. Is that rape should should have so much weight on it? It right. should never be thought of anything less than a severe, severe crime. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. What a good, thoughtful question. Well, I'm and glad that young a, woman one, exists, and, and I'm so, I'm so glad too. And I'm so glad. And that, I hope she's still vocal. Um, I do too. Yeah, about you never it. want to Always. be in a place where you feel like you get shut down and you can't. 
I just can't voice. believe that teacher was just like, home, home. <laughs> I know. Nobody said anything. No. Ugh, get that teacher out of there. That is really like, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I don't want to uh, take sides. You both raised really yeah, but, interesting points. It could be. Listen, you could both be right. I don't know. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Those who can't teach, so. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue into one of our games, but I'm going to use that because that's kind of a heavy subject. I'm just going to say quickly while I get this um, fortune teller ready. Uh, <laughs> speaking of teachers, were you like the kind of student who, did you have teachers that you just adored? Were you kind of like, oh, teachers, oh, not so much? Oh, yeah, I loved my teachers. I've, I was always very like um, mindful of authority really looked up to anybody who had a Mr. or Mrs. in front of their oh, name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I get it. You were like the polite ska student. Oh, yeah. I, I never wanted to rock a boat. That's yeah. for sure. I know. I feel like I, I walked around dressed like I was defying authority. And then I would totally politely raise my hand in class and be like, oh, what would you I love wear? Charles Dickens because, um, well, these guys know that I, I went through like a pretty major goth phase. Nice. So I definitely would like, I had like the blue hair and black lipstick, but would be like, Dylan Thomas's poetry did really move me, Mr. Mackey. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, it was like not. Just like no, black clothes every day. Yeah. And like, but then the black clothes turned into um, me stealing uh, clothes from the, uh, all the donated clothes in the theater department, like wardrobe. Oh, so nice. So we were like, I'd, but it was like the men's stuff or but like maybe like a polyester house coat or something like just whatever was weird. You just would, weird for you weird steal sake. It? Yeah. You were bad. I know. <laughs> but I was a really good student. <laughs> but everyone knows that I did cheat in math a little bit. I've been honest about that. Um, okay, pick a color. Um, I'll go pink. P-I-N-K. Pick a number. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Pick another number. Seven. Okay. Seven. The question for seven is, what is one thing from your childhood or adolescence you held on to for too long? It could be a physical thing. It could be a behavior. It could be a point of view. Oh, that's good. Um, oh, Ooh. you like this? Put it up next to oh, the microphone. I should, I should probably take this. Oh, you think? Can I? You, you want to take the call? Yeah. Oh. Let me pause it. Uh, okay, Kristen took her call. I have no idea yeah, what we're talking call. about. Sorry. But oh, the childhood thing. What oh, did yeah. you hold oh. on to too long? <laughs> That's what it was. Um, okay, what do I hold? Okay, this is good. Um, boy, let me. Um, what do I hold on to? Too long. That either good. If it's too long, that implies it's bad. I guess it does. Um, so it's not, it so a bad habit. Yeah, maybe. Um, let's see. I think. I probably, uh, sorry. No, don't. Um, it's, it's a lot to be put on the spot. Yeah, it's real. It's like I'm in a therapist's office. Um, I guess my answer is that maybe I've held on to my selfishness too long for good and for bad. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I haven't had kids yet because I really value my time. Um, and that probably stems from also being alone for so long and always just like answering only to me and um, and then just relearning how to how to share my time. And I and I think I had a lot of time by myself as a kid as well. Yeah. So maybe that. 
You know what? I think that's my answer also because that's really astute. And I, I feel like I'm going through that right now. Yeah. Being so selfish. <laughs> so God, I got to get over this. Um, I got to get over my damn self. Okay, so we're going to play <laughs> yeah. uh, a very elegant game of math. But I, I would say that there's something really, uh, to that point, um, it, definitely there's a lot of happiness in in focusing on yourself and and being selfish all the time, but the but you just have to find a balance. Yeah. Um. But I think a lot of women are. It's rare for women to be as selfish as we are, and and that they should, they should like really reflect on whether or not they've like stopped and just thought about them. I agree. I mean, I think that you're. I think you're absolutely right. I think so many of our decisions as women were conditioned to sort of make them based on what other people are th- really thinking or what, or they, what they want or what yeah. they need. Yeah. And so, yeah, we le- like you leave a bad. relationship because someone else tells you to, or you stay because he needs you or she needs you. Right. And you, yeah. I, and I that's, think that's also a, a beautiful quality as well. Yeah. I mean, to, to be a nurturer and to like really, you know, hone in on that is, is, is what I think makes women and, and, and men so, so beautiful, like the human race. But you're so um, right. It's balance. It's a balance. It's totally and it's just balance. learning that balance and, and being, sometimes you'll need to be more selfish and sometimes you'll need to really like dive into the other person and, and, and the other people in your life. Yeah. And just knowing when to do that. And I, I don't know if I do. I, I hope I do. I feel I feel that you do. Thanks, man. <laughs> I, feel do. I think I think you do too. I feel that you do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um okay, so mash wise, um, I'm gonna start out uh I gotta go straight to I'm starting with my new number one favorite category, which if you don't enjoy Disneyland or Disney World, this is going to be a problem. I love. But the latest, this thing that my friend uh, Tina came up with when she did the episode of the podcast was which Disneyland or Disney World rides in some way do you wish were real? In some way. It doesn't necessarily mean that Space Mountain makes you you an astronaut, but it could be like there's something about it. I was going to say Space Mountain. So give me three. Oh, Space Mountain, I pretend is real anyways. Yes. Especially walking through all the I love that they set the mood that way. That's like the best part of Disneyland is the way they build up like the Indiana Jones ride. And and that would be my second one, Indiana Jones. 100%. I always make sure that I'm in the seat with the wheel. Yes, my dad from from when that first was that ride was first conceived. He makes a really concerted effort to involve the driving and the steering, and he makes Kyle yell comments to me like, yeah. "I can't. The engine isn't turning over. Can you yeah. hear that?" He will get so me into too. Like, playing the role of that because it, it. it's so well done. It's it so feels well like done. you're in the yes. car, and the car is moving. Hundred percent agree. Okay, and then I just need a third. Uh, I guess I'll you know what I'll just make the third. It's a small world, mm-hmm, just because mm-hmm. that's idealistic. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely, it's a lovely ride. I enjoy, probably not surprised to hear this given some of the artwork around here. I really enjoy like the pop arted, pop artness and like the way that little kids look and their clothes. Like I kind of want to wear all of the clothes that the kids are wearing. That's what I wish were real about it is the clothes (laughs) for me, Janet Varney. Okay. Great, great, great. Um, what about, uh, I think I'm going to have to go. You can live in an, a, a, a land that, is not, that does not exist. So it could be the Shire. It could be Dagobah. It could be <laughs> and imagine, three imaginary places that you have like a second home. Oh, that's great. Um, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Oz. Okay. So Oz, yeah, specifically. Love it. Um, another place that I could live in. I guess I would like to live in 
the Back to the Future Part Two. <laughs> I love it. Um, <sighs> that would be fun. Part two, fantastic. See, I like. I wouldn't want to live. I guess I like cities mostly. Like, oh, I, I wouldn't want to live back on the Shire, and mm-hmm. because the, they're always so. They're, they have hard lives, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, even the hobbits, let's be honest. Well, their they're feet are constantly very working. tough and hairy yeah. and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the third place of the magical place I'd like to live in for me, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, I know that the Ewok forest would be a hard life, but. I just remember loving those Ewoks so much when I was. Oh a yeah, kid. they were cute. I guess I would say remove no, like I the know, hard I'll, aspects and know that like if you just thought a place was pretty, we could figure out you I'll, just being able to. Like, I'd live in exist. um in the Fifty Shades of Grey, Seattle. <laughs> just just constantly having <laughs> orgasms in very creative ways. That's an amazing answer. That's an amazing answer. Okay. What about if you could be best friends with um, an author, like three authors that would just be awesome if you were to be their buddies, whether they're living or dead, who doesn't matter. Could be from ages ago. Could be from today. Okay. Um, let's see. Three authors. I'd like, uh, it doesn't matter if they're cool or not. We have no idea. Right. Based on Let's their writing. they're cool based on their writing. I'd like to be friends with C.D. Payne. Okay. Who wrote Youth in Revolt because... Um, nice. That's my favorite book. And then I would be friends... I would try to be friends with Emily Dickinson just to say I did it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm her friend. I'm mm-hmm. her one friend. <laughs> and I know where she hid all her poems. Um... And then I guess another writer. Well, I think I'd like to be friends with J.K. Rowling. There you go. But she, I think she might be pretty cool. I'm sure she is. Yeah. And she has no shortage of like funds to take you with her on super cool That's adventures. True. Nothing wrong with that. That's a fantastic one. Um, what about if you could turn yourself into an animal? Three animals that it would be fun to shapeshift into. Oh, well, a horse. Mm-hmm. Kristen um, Shaw is a horse. That's right. A bird. Okay. Duh. What kind of bird? Um, maybe a one of those um red winged blackbirds. Ooh. Love it. And another one. I well, I guess a dolphin. Great. Beautiful. Uh what about three foods that you invented? That you, I right you're now. responsible for the oh that exists but I made you're them. responsible for ice cream ice cream love it the nations thank you for doing that for love. us you're welcome ice cream I made you ice cream and I invented I found out that you could eat oysters oh nope, that's a great was one to try it yeah. and I did and it was beneficial and yeah high priced um and I wish I'd I wish that I had thought of um. I'm I'm over ice cream, oysters, and probably give it to you win. <laughs> um okay, I'll just go I'll go with what was my original one? Um cereal. Oh god, I love cereal. Yeah. 
Who did invent cereal? There's Who still came up with cereal? every single day. I love cereal. Yeah. God, that's a really good one. Um, okay. What about a talent, like a gift? It doesn't have to be playing music. It could be that you're incredibly great at like deducing things like Sherlock Holmes. It could be that you're great at inventing stuff. It could be that you're great at like mending fences. Like you bring two people together and like make them friends again. Like what about three talents that you wish you had? Um... I wish that I, okay, that's great. Okay, I wish I was good at math in a way that I could become an epidemiologist and find the cure for for cancer and disease. I wish I was like really like uh, high end in that field. Like okay. people were coming to me and they great. were like, here's some cancerous liver, help great. us. And I'm like, great. break it down, give me that microscope. Great. Drop some iodine in. <laughs> Um, oh my god that's all we needed was iodine uh, the iodine you solved it it's a run on iodine <laughs> who's buying it <laughs> the cancer clinics uh, um so that's one um i always wished that i could be um really good at music i, w- I wish i could um compose music and sing music okay, um it. i think it, i think i would have been awesome at that mm-hmm. Because I, I can totally write the lyrics. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's the, you need to be. You're. You got the Bernie Topin. You need the Elton John. Yes. Yes. I gotcha. And the third thing that I wish I could do always is probably um, what else? The third thing I w- that I'm good at, like a skill. Um, you know what? So I'm making. I'm curing disease. I'm and I'm bringing people joy with music. I guess I wish that I could um, be more charitable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Those are all really lovely answers that s- serve the public. Well, the second one's totally indulgent. But I mean, people love music. It Where only would I serves be without the public music? if it's really Where would good. I be without music? Okay. Um, I've got two more categories. I'm going to go with the traditional all due respect to your husband this is fantasy okay so three crushes three new partners companions lovers however you want to think of it that can be um based on fictional characters in fact let's make them fictional characters yeah somebody from um, a character from a movie a character from a book a character from a cartoon three three people that don't even exist in real life that uh that you would want to uh, be with in this fictional world it, forever like in a yeah, in love it could be temporary or, but as friend as whatever as you whatever it, it's romantic. It romantic or sexual oh okay but it, you don't have to be with him forever if you're just someone that you like really want to have sex with like you want to have sex with wolverine once i'll put him on here oh like, wow wolverine you don't have to marry him but you know what i'm saying okay i, I would like to um I would have been with a young, like a young Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that's a um, great one. From one of that, any of his youthful films. Yeah. Like, like you know, Ghost like Bus- Is it like Ghost- a- Was he in Ghostbusters? Yeah. Yeah, like a Ghostbusters yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Great. Young. Great. Young. <laughs> um, like 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would romantically be with, I would be with a, um, now these are just real people. I That's would okay. be with a Steve Martin, mm-hmm. a young Steve Martin for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And um, then I would also enjoy uh, who, you know who? I, no, no, no. Oh, God. Now I really want to know. Oh, I was going to say, I think that guy from um, 
the one from the magnetic Edward and the magnetic zeros. Zeros. What's that guy's name? Uh, Alex something. I don't know. He's like lanky. I think I was gonna say he's pretty sexy, but also I feel like he could. He might be like very difficult <laughs> like always like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like like lays on a couch and like my music my songs you know and i just i'd be yeah, like screw turned off instantly got it but you know from what i see um just just on the tv he's very, very i can put him sexy. unless you feel like you have you want to use this guy no because i need another thing i need another thing to really make it uh, a lock yeah. um okay there's gotta be some there's so many i don't know i guess um well someone that i did have a crush on as a teenager leonardo dicaprio Love it. from titanic boy oh boy he was the one he's the only one that i was like in romeo and juliet oh yeah. my god he he is the only movie star that really got me. Um, oh, you know what? Han Solo. I would, oh, that's that, great that's too. An easy one. Am I replacing him with yeah. uh, replacing anyone? Any one of them. Han I'm Solo. Put Leonardo. him on the top because he he has got it all. Doesn't okay, he? wait. So which one should I get rid of? Young Dan Aykroyd. Get young rid Steve of Martin. Dan Aykroyd. Okay. So oh we've my got God. Leonardo. Yeah. And Han Solo. I yeah. love it. And you know what? Now I'm embarrassed about the Steve Martin. Well, leave him, leave him. What's he going to do? <laughs> he's not going to do anything. And he's, it'll, it'll probably, first of all, he's an a- avid is, listener to this podcast. This is going to get back to him. Avid and then I'm going to be so embarrassed when young, I see him. Young Steve Martin? No, it's fine. It's we, cool. Listen, I, I, is, I have admitted on this podcast that I had a wall of pictures of Steve Martin <laughs> and that I wrote a romantic <sighs> screenplay oh, good. that would like somehow justify me at 13 sleeping with him okay, as a full okay, adult male because okay. I was like that into him. So you're, you're I mean, safe. But you really now, now I'm really getting it going. I, I, I had a real, a sexy romantic fantasy about Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers that. growing up. And, I do not, but I, I definitely yeah, right? get it. He's yeah. just like, under the bread. He's like, yeah, <laughs> take the shirt off. I'm, I, I behind like, Last chance. Any any changes from Han Solo, Young Steve Martin, and Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic? You yeah. Want, do you want me to replace Steve Martin with Anthony Kiedis? <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, it's the musician thing, man. Yeah. I just, I think he'd be cool. And then you like get, get to them and they're so, the majority of them are so self-involved. It's yeah. like unbelievable. Yeah. And they're so like, mm, my music. Mm. <laughs> I love that character oh. of every male musician. Can't oh, on the couch. Can't. Like they would totally just like lop on the couch and yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, babe, you want to go get some Thai food? I'd be like, oh, no, man. Oh. My music. You know, there's mopey pieces of gorgeous, gorgeous (laughs) shit. Um, All right. So we're safe with those choices. This is our last category. When you said Thai food, and it's probably because I'm starting to get hungry, maybe you want to ask three types of non-American food that uh, you can eat like whenever you want for free. Great. Oh. Sushi always. Same. And Mexican. Mm-hmm. And Thai food. Great. Those would be my three exact choices also. Well, this is very, this is really shaping up. Okay, tell, <laughs> me, tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. I'm going to uh, do, the, I'm going to tally it up. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, I'm going to tally it up and I'm going to come back with your future. Okay, this is, uh, this is not a disappointment in any way, shape, or form. 
even though you live in a shack, <laughs> that part we couldn't do anything about. Um, listen, in real life, you live in a shack. I don't know what your house is like in the Back to the Future Part 2 future, <laughs> but I can only assume it's awesome, and I don't want to apply the shack to that. Wait, I, I can't believe that I that said place. that back to the... That, is, that, was a, <laughs> that was a real misstep, because that's Biff's world. <laughs> you live in Biff's world? I don't want to live in Biff's world, and I thought, whatever. I, right. I, well, I made my bed. But it, look, when, I, when I give you some more think, information, it's not that big of a deal. That. Okay. First of all, I'd like to think that you live in the corrected future because they correct the future. You know what I that's, mean? That's what so I want. You live that's in the cool I mean. future yeah. where there's hoverboards, hover yeah, skateboards. Yeah, it's like really fun. But Michael J. Fox is laughing. Yeah. And, I don't yeah. even worry about okay, it. I, I, I never thought of it as Biff's future until you just said that. Yeah. Um, you're all set with your with your shack. In fact, that is where your shack is. You're all set in your okay. hip shack in Back yeah, to the Future. Yeah, a future shack is not a bad shack. Because your future shack is great. It's like, re- yeah, yeah, it is. Your future shack yeah. is great. And it's only your second home. So that's the thing. It's almost like having a, ma- a cabin in the mountains. But in this case, you have a shack in the future. Yeah. So you have a shack in the super fun future. Um, I want you to know that here in the present, uh, you're very dear friends with Youth and Revolt author C.D. Payne. Yay! Which is pretty fantastic. Um, I don't know if that means that you let C.D. Payne ride you when you turn into a horse. (laughs) But you certainly have the ability to do so. Um, And I also don't know, I think it's interesting because I know that horses like to eat oats and you invented cereal. So I'm just wondering if you, as an oat-eating horse, thought, what if humans ate toasted, delicious, dry oat-type food and that's how you created cereal. But thank you so much for inventing cereal, You're Kristen. You're welcome. You've done a wonderful thing for the world. And I know that you felt like your uh, existence as a music prodigy and uh, composer was selfish. But I can assure you that like your invention of cereal, it is helping people the world over. Your music is f- fantastic. I'm a musician. So well done, you. Um, and I, this is very interesting to me, too. And I'm very glad that this worked out the way that it did. Because when you're ever in the mood for an adventure, I want to assure you that you can enjoy your very own real-life Indiana Jones ride with Han Solo. Wait a minute. Otherwise known as Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. So that really worked out. And after an invigorating uh, Jeep ride with Han Solo, on the real-life Indiana Jones ride, you can delight in the fact that for the rest of your life whenever you want it, you can eat as much sushi as you want without any consequences nice. not sure what the sushi not consequences even mercury would be, poisoning and, definitely yeah. not mercury poisoning uh this world is mercury poison free so that concludes your mash future i think it's turned out very well um and uh i want to thank you so much for doing the podcast what a Thanks pleasure for having me janet it's a very very cool thing did it and <laughs> I'd like to welcome the listener in a very soft NPR-esque voice. Yeah, me too. To uh, write in with your questions and your comments. Yes, um, please. There are a lot of different places for you to find us on social media. I think you know that already. And uh, any parting words? Um, I, I say um, have a great day. Yeah. Have a strong week. Yeah. <laughs> have a dynamite year. I love it. Bye. 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 Oh, we were better.
As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.